0: Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you on this beautiful day on the prairies of North Dakota. Welcome to a new episode of Unexpected Surprises, the podcast of the Western North Dakota Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. This podcast gives us an opportunity to have conversation with leaders and folks from just across the Synod, across the church, about the many ways that God is active and alive working through the mission and ministries they see and they are part of. Today's episode features Pastor Don Bush, pastor at Medora, Belfield, and Daglam Lutheran Churches in the western part of our synod. Pastor Don has a wonderful story that brings forth so many beautiful ways that God has worked through her to bring her into this first call serving in the western North Dakota Synod. We hope you enjoy this time with Pastor Don Bush. So we're grateful and welcome uh, everybody, sisters and brothers across the Western North Dakota Synod uh, to the Synod's podcast. Uh, this episode features uh, Pastor Don Bush, who's serving in our Synod out west um, in Belfield, Daglam, and Medora Lutheran Churches, great little parish on the western front of our Synod. Um, Pastor Don, tell us a little bit about who you are. What what. You aren't from Belfield, North Dakota originally, so tell us a little bit about you.
1: (laughs) I am not from North Dakota. I grew up in Montana. Okay. Grew up in small towns around the state of Montana. My husband decided to do graduate work in New Jersey, so we were on the East Coast for several years, and spent the previous 18 years in Boise, Idaho, where we raised our son.
0: So first of all, Montana, though. What part of Montana again? I can I, I know this, but I can never remember because my wife is from is a native of Montana as well. So
1: around the state, I was born oh, up really? in Shelby, spent several years okay. in coal strip, and then graduated from high school okay. in Great Falls. Yeah, Wendy's. met my met my husband at Montana State.
0: At Montana State, yeah. oh. and Wendy's from the 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 Highline up around Haver, Kremlin, oh, yeah. Guilford, that kind of stuff. So
1: that's where my grandparents were.
0: <laughs> oh, no kidding. See, small world. Okay, yeah. So prior to
1: prior to being a pastor, I. Wanted to be a pediatrician forever, and my mom said, You can handle it, you can handle working with sick little kids. So I decided to become a computer scientist. Oh, that's the perfect transition. <laughs> <laughs> I studied computer science at Montana State and started working for a pharmaceutical company on the east coast when we were out there. Basic hmm. computer troubleshooting, mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. into servers and networks, and mm-hmm. did a lot more of the technical stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. When we As moved. in that time, though, I'm going to imagine there's a lot of movement in that type of work.
1: Absolutely. Through all of that from beginning to work remotely and mm-hmm. some of the security details that were working around those things. Mm-hmm. Especially when we got to Boise, I was working for a title company who had to start complying with all of the technical things that the banks had to do, mm-hmm, so there was mm-hmm. a lot of t- security things that became a focus. Mm-hmm. But through the whole time, I was always working with people. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help them mm-hmm, mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. less frustrated with mm-hmm. the technology and the computers and things like that. I had no idea how in handy that would come <laughs> as I got into parish ministry, so.
0: So you were work? did you work lay staff in a church then prior to seminary and and such, or how did that, how the, what, where's the transition between computer science work and bam, I'm getting
1: crazy. I have always been involved in lay ministry. I was never on staff at a are you a Lutheran, church, born and bred Lutheran? Born and raised Lutheran. Okay. A previous pastor called me a prenatal Lutheran. <laughs> a
0: prenatal Lutheran.
1: <laughs> My grandparents were founders of their little Lutheran church in Chinook, Montana. Wow. wow. But I was involved in youth group yeah. and leading and taught Sunday school and was involved in different committees, served several places. and so church was comfortable. Church councils. And yeah, it was comfortable. Huh always enjoyed working with people. I loved working with young people. I still do. People of all ages are mm-hmm. intriguing, and I don't know how it connected with computers. I got into a weekly Bible study that I was in in Boise mm-hmm. while we were raising our son, and that was sort of my escape. I got to get away, be with other women that we could hang out one night a week and mm-hmm. study and we're the Bible. interested in
0: talking about God and life and connecting the two together and yeah
1: yeah my husband said well i don't know what you're learning or studying there but maybe you should think about studying the original languages of this scripture <laughs> and so that was kind of part of the transition was, was it really from technical to apply this to what you're doing in the church ah, it Was really wow. interesting
0: so you're one of those odd and wondrous beings that loved hebrew and greek and I things like that
1: Loved Greek. Well, my pastor told me something similar a few months later, and I'm pretty sure he hadn't talked to my husband. He said, I think you have a call. You should start with the original languages. And I just laughed at him. Wow. But I did. I started with Greek, had so much fun with it. I wanted to take the next class and technical difficulties at the school, but that didn't work out. So I took Hebrew and that was where I started seminary.
0: Wow. So you you took Greek before you were in candidacy then, before you were at that point?
1: I started as just a non-degree a, student, yeah, and just that a, was a prerequisite for the Masters of Divinity at the time.
0: Okay, 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 okay. You had to have that yes. in order to get into the into the MDiv program. Okay, interesting, interesting. And then Luther, so you guys, did Luther online? Did Luther move to St. Paul? And
1: I spent two weeks twice a year okay. at St. Paul, yep. otherwise distributed learning. A lot of engagement online. This was yep. obviously before COVID even. Yep. And my... How did that happen? I, I remember engaging with classmates through different means, but what some of it was different video conferencing, yep. and a lot of it was smaller Facebook groups, or yep. we'd have our own little groups within our seminary class that... We'd have text messages, different ways that we found to mm-hmm. encourage one another, to lift one another mm-hmm. up, to be there to listen when things were mm-hmm. causing problems or when we were struggling, and
0: which led to a really interesting and unique way in which you entered ordained ministry. Yes. I think, if I remember right, you were the first ordained ordination to take place in this synod during COVID, right? Yes. Yes, In an all-digital world and all-digital kind of element of it and stuff. You had a small group of people at Badlands, if I remember right, for that ordination, and that was it.
1: We had a few people in person and others on Zoom on the screen up (laughs) on the wall, and I could still feel all of their hands. Oh, man. It was a great experience, and not one that I dreamed about, and that was not how I wished for it to happen, and at the same time, it was really
0: special. It worked out really—it was beautiful, yeah. A great Holy Spirit piece. And I don't know, your computer science background maybe brought you into the comfort level of going, I'm cool with these people on the screen, and they're here with me. That's right. And and there's incarnational ministry there, right?
1: I think so. I
0: mean, I believe that. I believe that we were struggling with that, I think, at the early stages of the pandemic to understand how do you do incarnational ministry in a digital world— And you lived it out and showed us firsthand what that looked like um, at at an event. I mean, I remember watching the live stream um, and participating um, that way.
1: Having that experience from, for sure, the undergraduate and computer science background, but also from the seminary background and knowing that I can build relationships online, I would not say virtually. Those are not virtual (laughs) relationships. And at the same time... Very meaningful relationships. Yeah. Like you said, Incarnational Ministry, we are the body of Christ together.
0: So your call, first call. Yes. Western North Dakota. Medora Belfield Daglam. Tell us a little bit.
1: It has been fun and challenging. The people have really, I think, appreciated the gifts I've brought as far as moving some of their worship time online. And Mm -hmm. I think we're still learning. We're still learning Mm -hmm. how to do that well as a small community. I can do the technical piece, but that doesn't necessarily connect the relationship piece.
0: What's the largest of the three in that parish?
1: Belfield is the largest, followed by Medora and then Daglum. Okay. I think if everyone shows up in Daglam we have 10 people. Okay. <laughs> but Medora doubles in size in the summer, yeah. and Belfield almost cuts in half in size in the summer. Really? As they go up to the lake or they have Right. Their-
0: There's rodeos going on or some family activity that they're out and about with. Right. And Medora's got the tourist crowd population coming in.
1: We get to welcome... So is
0: it two different... I mean, so you have almost two or three different seasons... Yes. Of what ministry feels like in a worship in, in a worship life in those places,
1: right? Wow! Someone asked the question a couple months ago: What is the soul of your congregation? Yeah, that's and a good I think question. all three of them have different souls. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how would that speak? To, I, I love Daglem. I've not visited Daglem yet. I've not had that opportunity, but I just love the character of this congregation. They seem to have a soul that is deep and rich. And connected deeply to the land and and to the history of that place.
1: I would say Um, so. I think for Daglam, their soul is their history and their ancestry. mm, What mm. holds them and keeps them together is the history of all of the generations Mm -hmm. that founded that congregation. I learned recently that that used to be the biggest of the three congregations.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Years ago. Wow. And wow. they've been connected, the three congregations have been connected in different ways over the last hundred years. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. In, 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 and maybe not in a parish sense that we think about it today or a cooperative sense, but but yeah, just in the communal sense of being supportive for one another and seeing it. Right. What's something on the horizon, something that you're excited about in any one of them? Pick one of them, pick them all. I, I, God's doing great work out there. I'm glad you're out in Western North Dakota that you're here and part of this community. Um, and you've endured starting ministry in COVID.
1: <laughs> right. I think in each of them in different ways, M- moving beyond our walls into community, we've talked about potentially some ecumenical services in Belfield at their parish pavilions, at their pavilion suppers. Hmm. M- Medora is doing some good work in the community, mm-hmm. offering barbecues at the car show and different yeah. things like that, that hopefully we can expand and continue to invite the community yeah. into relationship.
0: Yeah. And especially like the community that's, that's during the summer in Medora, I always think about that as being such a transient, you know, I mean, people are in Medora for a couple of days and maybe spending the weekend there and for And them to,
1: we have seasonal workers. Oh, We're yeah, yeah. Workers Absolutely. that are coming in for the season who have just recently started joining us again for the summer.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: And they like, rotate. My understand. I haven't I've seen one that has was there last year, and a new one that wasn't there last year, and plans to be here for the summer might make it long term. So it's always guessing.
0: <clears throat> interesting, interesting. I don't know if we got to the heart of that.
1: Trying to thinking
0: about that, other right. than yeah. I mean, what it is that's going on that's exciting, and you're thinking about and. And, um obviously, reconnecting or connecting more deeply to the Medora community is one thing that they're looking at, um, which is outside the walls and awesome.
1: Building those relationships that can be maintained, whether it's now digitally in some mm-hmm, respect mm-hmm. or just in ways that help grow and strengthen the faith of the community. Mm-hmm whether it's a movie night or a barbecue or yeah, whatever yeah. those things are
0: just what gives you life in this work that that is different maybe I mean this is the, let me see if I can phrase this correctly it gives you life I mean you, you obviously in your career as a computer scientist you had things that brought life to you that excited you that energized you to get going in the morning what does that for you in this work in ordained ministry in an unexpected way in place I guess that
1: I've always enjoyed working with people
0: mm-hmm.
1: through the even if it was helping them fix a computer problem. Although I'm not so much excited about computers as I used to be, <laughs> I will help people, <laughs> on a limited basis. But what I one of the reasons I wanted to be in a rural setting mm-hmm. was because I wanted to be able to build those relationships, mm-hmm. and I felt like that would be easier to do in a rural setting than in a larger mm-hmm. congregation. And that's what brings me life, is building relationships. Mm-hmm. Being able to meet with someone for coffee, mm-hmm. being able to attend the school functions, whether it's concerts or sports activities, connecting with different people in the community in ways that help me understand the life of faith in this
0: That's really good to see. culture. Yeah I, th- I, yeah, I appreciate that because your context is somewhat similar. You know, I mean, Shelby, Montana is, you know, rural America as well, sure. but it's very different than Belfield, North Dakota in a lot yes. of ways. The yes. People are different. Yes. And I found that to be fascinating, as I've studied rural ministry across the church, is that the way folks engage in community and, and, their, and practice their faith in western North Dakota is different mm-hmm. than the way they do that in western Pennsylvania. And or Boise, Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you live into that as a new leader coming into the community, right? Right. Um, and it's fun to see that the ways in which that's being done are pretty cool.
1: And especially right now, I thought when I first got here, it was going to be a lot harder to meet people because mm-hmm. of COVID. I don't think that's necessarily been the case. It's there are still challenges with getting to connect with people in different ways. Yeah. And I wonder if continuing to do work with the different people in the congregations will help with building those relationships in the community as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not sure if that came out how I wanted it to.
0: <laughs> well, but doing it in different ways, though, too. I mean, that's what I hear you saying, is post-COVID, we need to think about this differently. And we need to maybe do different things differently in the order in which they come or whatever that might be than we did two years ago three years ago four years ago Um, and so to do that as a leader bringing the experience that you bring i think previous to ordained ministry allows you to think through that and look at that with a different pair of lenses than than we always are able to do yeah Um, so that's good yeah
1: I've had a lot of people express their appreciation for the things that work that's being done, and it takes all of us. I can't do it all on my own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which you're discovering each and every day. This yes. is not a nine to five job. <laughs> no, right? It's
1: not. Not by any means.
0: Oh, um, and that's. I mean, I think that that's part of the lesson early on in my own ordained ministry was where and how. Do I balance it, you know, to shut it off a little bit so I can at least keep my own spirit alive and, and the flame going? Because um, it can be difficult sometimes. And then I think about it within your Paris setting, you know, where you're in three different locations and three different unique souls, as yes. you said. I mean, that's just, um, that brings another layer of complexity that's beautiful and good and challenging all at the same time. So. Well, we're the church is blessed because you answered the call, <laughs> and the Synod yeah. is blessed to have you serving um, during this time in the Synod, and we wish you nothing but the best in all of your ministry and work. Um, Thank I, Pastor Don, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful for you in many, many ways. Can you close us with a word of prayer?
1: I will. Thanks. Gracious and loving God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the work that you call us to do as church together. As we continue to explore the call that you have on our lives, will you direct us? Will you help us to feed our souls? Will you remind us of who we are as your children? And give us the strength and the courage to take the next steps into where you are calling us. We pray these things in your holy name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Take care and God bless. Thanks. You too. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Unexpected Surprises and for Pastor Don to be with us in this time. Unexpected Surprises, the Synod podcast of the Western North Dakota Synod is supported through a mission grant from the Mission Endowment Fund of the Western North Dakota Synod. This grant and this endowment fund supplies tools and funding for ministries and mission across our Synod. For more information on any of the endowment funds or any of the ministries and mission God is doing through the Western North Dakota Synod, be sure to visit our website at wndsynod.org. We look forward to seeing you again soon on our next podcast of Unexpected Surprises. Until then, may God's grace and peace be with you in your day.